Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax Products for home and industry present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn and Phil Leslie, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. It's always been a temptation the first of a new year to make resolutions. Well, even if you can't keep them all, it's good for the soul to make a few. May I suggest one that would be good in many ways and very easy to keep? Well, you've probably guessed it. But why not resolve in 1945 to practice protective housekeeping with wax, with genuine Johnson's wax? I mean, not just wax your floors, but go right through your house from front door to kitchen and give wax protection to your furniture and woodwork as well. To your windowsills, lampshades, ornaments, your refrigerator, picture frames, leather goods. The coat of wax protects all these surfaces from wear, makes cleaning ever so much easier, and adds immeasurably to the beauty of your home. Raise your right hand. In 1945, I will practice protective housekeeping with wax. Thank you. One subject that's always good for an argument at 79 Wistful Vista is Aunt Sarah. Mrs. McGee thinks she is a sweet, lovable old darling. And what Mr. McGee thinks of her shouldn't happen to a dog. You'll uh, see what we mean as we join Fibber McGee and Molly. But McGee, darling, you don't know what Aunt Sarah said. You didn't even read her letter. I don't have to read her letters. I've read her character. That buck-clutching old bimbo is closer than two coats of shellac. Now, please, McGee, Aunt Sarah's my own blood relative. Yeah, she might be if she had any. days. Anybody think Aunt Sarah was the stingiest woman in the world to hear you talk? I can only think of one woman in history who dished out dough any slower. Who? The Venus de Milo. <laughs> she didn't have any hands. Or pockets. Aunt Sarah's just careful, McGee. You just remember, she got caught in the Panic of 1893. That old prune was the Panic of 1893. <laughs> got more folding money than Johnson has wax. And the only foundation she ever endowed was the one she's been wearing ever since. <laughs> and that ain't an endowment. That's a trust. Well, now, if you're so set against the poor old dear, I don't suppose you want any part of what she's sending us. You can play that on your ocarina in six flats, baby. I don't want any part of anything that that'll... What's she sending us? Oh, you wouldn't be interested. And it's a shame, too. She took such a fancy to you when she came to see us that time. Oh, sure. I spent nine days digging out that Civil War photo of hers out of the attic to put on the piano to show how we loved her. And what happened? What did? She took one look at it, sniffs, and says, Oh, never had it tinted, did you? <laughs> Why, that knows it. What's she say in her letter? Well, she said she was sending us a valuable present. Registered insured mail. Mm -hmm. She said it belonged to her husband, and he had always been very proud of it. Her husband? 
If she's sending me another pair of those yellow button shoes of his with the box toes, no, no. She wouldn't spend the dime to get something like that registered. Oh, now, McGee, just because Aunt Sarah happens to have a little money is not... A little money? Why, that old she-miser holds a first mortgage on Fort Knox. <laughs> Why, she's got more Mazuma than... Who's that? I'll peek and see. Uh-oh. It's that male woman. Don't call her a male woman. Sounds like a circus freak. <laughs> Say the woman who delivers the mail. It's too cumbersome. Why not just the baguette like we used to? <laughs> Hi, sis. You got some mail for us? No, I'm just going around ringing doorbells for the fun of it. Don't ask silly questions, dear, if you don't want silly answers. Is this 79 Whistle Vista? No, we just put that number over the door to kid people, sis. <laughs> this is really the Empire State Building. McGee! Well, she was asking silly questions herself, too. Just a formality, sir. Is this lady Mrs. Molly McGee? I am that. Have you any identification, madam? She's got a small scar on her elbow from getting it caught in the ringer, sis. <laughs> we also had some x-rays of her teeth, but we used them for Christmas cards. <laughs> you know, don't be down in the mouth. Have a Merry Christmas. I'd prefer a ration book or a driver's license or something similar. My goodness, I know the United States mail must go through, but must it go through all this? I have a very valuable consignment for you, madam. Uh -huh. I'm responsible for delivering it to the proper person. Oh, my wife is proper, all right, sis. She'd rather eat a dry hamburger than spank the bottom of a ketchup bottle in public. <laughs> and furthermore, she... quiet, dearie. Dear miss, here's a bracelet with my name on it. Where's the package? Right here, madam. Heavenly days, McGee. It's from Aunt Sarah. And that don't thrill me any, baby. Probably a handful of Dewey buttons. Well, we'll soon see. You don't mind if I open this, miss? Not at all, madam. I'll be glad to see that it was delivered in good condition. Open the box, open the box, open it up. Ah, I thought so. A little square of cotton. My gosh, what a gift. What do we use that for, to dry our tears at the thought of her generosity? A little dab of cotton. Ah, oh, that's just the way the box is packed, McGee. Now look. Oh, it's Uncle Louie's diamond stick pin. What? Woo! Wow! What a rock! Why, that must be seven carrots at least. It's ten carrots if I ever ate one. <laughs> Pardon me, would you mind signing for this, please? Huh? Uh, why, uh, yeah, oh, yes, yeah, sure, of course. Uh, thank you. Where do I sign? Right here. Thank you. And here. Thank you. Now down here in two places. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> My gosh, sis. When you deliver stuff as valuable as this, you ought to travel with an armed guard. I do. Huh? All right, men. Bow, face, huh. forward, arch. <laughs> Billy Mills and the orchestra play the karaoke.
the biggest diamond I ever saw outside of the White Sox Park. Ah, good old answer. <laughs> I knew the old girl had come through one of these days. My gosh, a ten-carat diamond. So you haven't you changed your tune about Aunt Sarah? Uh, it's the same tune. I just fixed up the lyrics a little. <laughs> ah, great old gal, Aunt Sarah. I'm happy to admit I was wrong about her. To think of her sending me a diamond stick pin. It was addressed to me, dearie, if you'll remember. No, women don't wear stick pins. Well, this one is going to wear this one. If I have to wear a necktie on my house dress. Isn't it beautiful? Better than that. It's valuable. My gosh, diamonds must run about a thousand bucks a carat, and they get valuabler as they get bigger. So this ought to be worth about fifteen grand. I've always wanted a big diamond. One that was really vulgar. <laughs> and you got one, Snooky. If you had this thing in a ring, you'd have to wear your arm in a sling. <laughs> Ought to be carried over the shoulder in a pair of ice tongs. I never saw such a rock. Oh, hello, Alice. Look what Aunt Sarah just sent us. Yeah, a ten-carat diamond, Alice. Peek, your, uh, peek through your fingers at it. It ain't equipped with dimmers. But it'll look Creepers, isn't that beautiful? Oh, who did you say sent it to My you? My Aunt Sarah, Alice. Yeah, our favorite relative, Alice. Grand old girl. One of the best. Aunt Sarah, uh, isn't she the one that Mr. McGee is always saying that she's a... A human piggy bank with a built-in grunt? Yeah. <laughs> she's the one. Well, my gosh, when a guy admits he was wrong, why... And he always gave me the impression that she was... Going to sell her house and go live in her safe deposit box? <laughs> yes, he often said Okay, that. okay, okay. My gosh, can anybody take a joke? Gee whiz, I was always very fond of Aunt Sarah. In my quiet way. <laughs> well, it certainly is a gorgeous diamond, Mrs. McGee. I never knew oysters grew diamonds that big. Oh. <laughs> oysters grow pearls, Alice. Mm -hmm. Jeepers, pearls, too? Why, the versatile little things. <laughs> no, no, Alice. Diamonds come from... They're grown and the diamonds are a product of... They uh, come from... Aunt Sarah. Yeah, people give them to you. <laughs> Was there uh, something you wanted, Alice? Yes, Mrs. McGee. I wondered if you had any extra V-mail stationery. I've got a stack of letters to write, and I haven't any V-mail paper left. I'm sorry, kid. Nary a sheet of it. But there's plenty of other kinds in the desk there. You're welcome to. Yes, you can take your choice of stationery from the Ambassador Hotel, the Santa Fe Railroad, the Chicago World's Fair, or the Kansas City Stockyard. <laughs> <laughs> no, thanks. V-mail gets where it's going so much faster. I don't like to use anything else. Why do they call it V-mail, anyway? Well, I think it's because you can write voluminously and it gets to various villages all over the world with such wonderful velocity. It's very valid, Vera. I always get a bang out of sending letters V-mail myself. Always feel like I'm slipping a fast one over on the postal department. Why, McGee? Oh, I don't know. It costs you eight cents to send a letter airmail across the country, but send a V-mail letter and they'll fly it anywhere in the world for three cents. You can lick a stamp and stick out your tongue at the government at the same time. Don't you like the government, Mr. McGee? Why, he loves it, Alice. He loved his fourth grade teacher, too. But that didn't keep him from putting flypaper inside of her overshoes. <laughs> ah, he has a wide strain of mischief in him, and it is a strain. Well, gee whiz, the guy's... Well, I have... guess I'd better get to the drugstore and get some V-mail stationery. I owe Jimmy Thompson another letter this week. Another letter? Two in one week? Three. You see, I used to go with Jimmy in high school. Oh. He was captain of the football team, the track team, and the basketball team. Three-letter man, eh? <laughs> yes, so why should I cut him down now? <laughs> well, goodbye now, and take good care of that ice cube. <laughs> oh, dear, ice cube is right, McGee. I'm a little afraid to have this diamond around the house. Me too. 
Anybody found out we had a $15,000? Hey, Molly, Molly, get my gun. Quick, call the police. Run and hide. Don't stay here with me. Hurry up. What on earth is the matter with you, McGee? You're as white as Christmas in Spitsbergen. I just saw somebody peeking in the window. Tough-looking mug. Ugly puss on him. Gangster type. My goodness, which window? That one right there. You call the police while I... McGee, that's not a window, that's a mirror. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Well, just goes to show what could happen. (laughs) Here, Molly, you better keep the diamond. No, you take it. It makes me nervous. You take it. It was sent to you. But it was meant for both of us. Well, you're a woman. You ought to have it. You're a man. You can guard it better. Yes, but Chief, Hello, folks. Hey... What are you looking so serious about? Hello, Mr. Wilcox. Hi, Junior. We were just debating about who should have custody of the diamond. What diamond? This one that Aunt Sarah just sent us. See? Mm. Well, burn my toast <laughs> if that isn't a rock. That's your... <laughs> Say, that's if that was... <laughs> <laughs> Say, if that was crushed, you could pave a driveway with it. Sir, a stone like that is like a restaurant pie, Junior. You gotta study it before you cut it. <laughs> You say this thing was a gift? Yes, for my Aunt Sarah, Mr. Wilcox. McGee's favorite aunt, as of ten minutes ago. Ah, I always loved Aunt Sarah. You know that. What would you say that diamond was worth, Junior? Well, gee, I'm no jewel expert, pal, but offhand, I'd say this stone was worth about $20,000. Heavenly days, $20,000. I'd have said $15,000, but you know me, always conservative. (laughs) Look at it glitter. Yep. Well, I haven't seen anything gleam like that since I gave my last demonstration of how Johnson's self-polishing glow coat makes faded and worn linoleum glisten like new again. Waxy, is there any subject that anybody could discuss that you couldn't whittle the sales angle out of it? I don't know. Let me think. No. (laughs) What if this had been a ruby, Mr. Wilcox? Well, (laughs) that would have been a coincidence, Molly. It was my sister Ruby I was demonstrating the glow coat to. (laughs) Uh, just showing her how simple it is to pour a little glow coat on the scuffed and tired old linoleum, spread it around with a long-handled applier, and let it dry to a shiny, protective finish in 20 minutes or less. How it saves hours of tedious scrubbing. Now, just a minute, Waxy. What if we showed you an emerald? Oh, gee, that reminds me. The Emerald Avenue bowling alleys. Hmm? We had a date to go bowling this afternoon, Fibber, remember? Oh, my gosh, I'd forgot all about it, Junior. I'll get my hat and be right with you. Don't wait up for me, Molly, McGee, because... no, no, please. Now, don't leave me in the house alone with a $20,000 diamond. I'd be frightened to death. Oh, but, Molly, I can't take it with me. You don't wear ten-carat diamonds to go bowling. Well, I see where you're both going to be worn out if you keep this up. You don't dare go out, and you don't dare stay home with it around. Well, what'll we do? Have it insured and stop worrying. Well, for the... I never thought of that. Waxy, you're very bright. Huh. You think I'm bright? You ought to see a newly polished... No, yes, yes. Sure, we know. Do you mind if uh, McGee doesn't go bowling with you tonight, Mr. Wilcox? I'm sorry, Junior, but you see how it is. Oh, that's okay, pal. We can go some other time. You get that stick pin insured. Hey, go see my cousin, Big Barney Wilcox, in the security building. He'll appraise it for you. Does he handle uh, jewelry insurance, Mr. Wilcox? Oh, he specializes in insuring jewelry and uh, opera singers' voices. Odd combination. Oh, I don't know. An opera singer thinks as much of her precious tones as a jeweler. Uh... Mm. Tell Big Barney I sent you. (laughs) Precious tones. Heavenly days. Ever notice, Molly, whatever you want done, he's always got a cousin or an uncle that can handle it? Yes, it's pretty handy, too, relatively speaking. Yeah. Well, I'll run upstairs and put on my face, McGee. We better leave right away. Hey, we better tell Beulah we're going out. Oh, Beulah! Oh, Beulah! Somebody whooping for Beulah? Mr. McGee and I have to get downtown right away, but we'll be back for dinner. Okay, ma'am. 
In case somebody call up while you're gone, you want me to take the backwarding address? You mean forwarding address? No, sir, I mean so you can call them back. Oh, I see. Well, we won't be gone long, Beulah. We're just going to have a diamond stick pin appraised and insured. Show it to her, McGee. Here, Beulah. Take a look at that. Mm-hmm. Heavenly days, if you don't mind me quoting you, ma'am. <laughs> that is the gorgeousest, magnificentest diamond I ever did see. <laughs> if Santa Claus brings you that, he got a new believer. <laughs> no, my Aunt Sarah sent us that, Beulah. Aunt Sarah? Mm-hmm. Excuse me, ma'am, but ain't she the one Mr. McGee always saying she's as tight as a string on a tennis racket? <laughs> oh, I was just kidding about that, Beulah. Aunt Sarah is really a wonderful person. Sweet, generous, really lovable. That's a revised estimate, ain't it, sir? Slightly, Beulah. <laughs> but who wouldn't revise their opinion of somebody who sent them a diamond like this? Oh, you sure got something there, ma'am. I wish Ira could see this. Ira? Yeah, I said, that's my finance. <laughs> you mean, uh, fiance, Beulah. Finance refers to money. So do Ira. With the deepest respect. <laughs> he think we ain't got enough yet to get married on. He pretty cautious about money, Beulah? Yeah, sir, he is. He's a real nice boy, Ira is, but sometimes... Oh, sometimes I wish he would fling a little. <laughs> Like this worth, folks? Oh, 20,000 at a guess, Beulah. 20,000? How much is that in money, sir? <laughs> That's more than we ever saw, Beulah. That's why we've got to have it appraised and insured. Yeah, it's a funny feeling, too. Here we've been on the rocks for 20 years, and now we got the rocks on us. <laughs> <laughs> you got the rocks on you in a minute. <laughs> Love that man. <laughs> Saying, Don't sense me in. Wildcat Kelly, looking mighty pale, was standing by the sheriff's side. When that sheriff said, I'm sending you to jail, Wildcat raised his head and cried. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry skies above. Don't fence me in. Let me ride through. The wide open country that I love Oh, no, 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 don't fence me in Let me be by myself in the evening breeze Listen to the murmur of the cottonwood trees Send me off forever, but I ask you please Don't fence me in, just turn me loose Let me straddle my old saddle underneath the western skies On my coyote wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences, gaze at the moon till I lose my senses, can't look at hobbles and I can't stand fences, so don't fence me in. Just give me land, lots of land, under starry skies above. Never, never, never fence me in. Oh, never, never. Let me ride through the wide open country that I love. Never, never, never fence me in. I want to go loose. Let me straddle my own saddle underneath the western sky. Put me on the top of my coyotes. Let me wander over yonder till I see the mountains rise. I want to ride to the ridge where the west commences. 
senses. Take off the bracelets. I can't stand fences. Don't ever do it. No. Don't fence me. Goodness, McGee, I never saw so many insurance offices in my life. Why are they all in the same building? I don't know. I suppose they all get in the same building so they won't be bothered by insurance salesmen. Yes, but... Well, hello there, Molly. Hello, Rumpelstiltskin, with the emphasis you know where. <laughs> hello, Dr. Gamble. Hi, Doc, you old tummy pumper. What are you doing in an insurance building? Making a deal with them before you knock off a couple of patients? Why, McGee, what a horrible thought. The idea of his even thinking is horrible enough, Molly. As a matter of fact, Lemonhead, I was... I was paying the premium on my own insurance. Do you find anything sinister in that? Yes. Because you must have cheated to get any insurance in the first place. According to the charts, a guy of your weight ought to be 12 feet tall. <laughs> Listen to Skinny McGee. Yes, listen to Superman, spelled with two P's. <laughs> did you ever, did you ever try leaving the table hungry? Uh, pardon me, I mean, uh, did you ever try leaving the table hungry? <laughs> no. Do you ever leave in the middle of a movie? Oh, uh, movies aren't fattening, McGee. They're broadening, though, dear. <laughs> and from the looks of him, he spent the best years of his life sitting through double features. Well, you're about four axe handles across the pistol pockets yourself. <laughs> I don't mean Boy Scout hatchets. You ought to stand back and take a good... Hey, look what Aunt Sarah sent us, Doc. We're going to get it appraised and insured. Well, it's a very pretty stick pin. What do you mean, a pretty stick pin? That's the doggondest biggest diamond you ever laid your big fat eyes on. Yes, yes, yes. I'm deeply impressed, McGee. Oh. Now what do I do? Tiptoe away with my hat in my hand? Well, uh, I thought it was pretty nice of Aunt Sarah to send it to us, Doctor. You remember me speaking of Aunt Sarah, Doc? That wonderful aunt of ours with all the O'Day? We're very fond of her. Yes, I've heard you speak of her, you little hypocrite. You said she was now, the worst... Now, just a darn minute, Gamble. <laughs> Never mind what I said. I won't have anybody disparaging Aunt Sarah. Even me. We better be on our way before it gets too late, McGee. Yeah, well, we'll see you later, Doc. Got to get to the appraiser before he closes up. That's a one-sided worry. You could get to the Dutch East Indies before you close up. <laughs> well, he wasn't much impressed by the diamond, was he, McGee? No, but if it had been a gallstone that size, he'd have fell right on his face. <laughs> hey, here's where we're going. Big Barney Wilcox. Jewels appraised. <laughs> Come on, Yes? And what can I do for you? We want to see Mr. Big Barney Wilcox. Mr. Harlow Wilcox sent us. <sighs> Cousin of yours, I believe, Big. Oh, yes. I haven't seen little Harlow in years. What's he doing now? Oh, still plugging away. Still plugging. Fine. <laughs> fine, fine. And what could I do for you? We want to get this diamond appraised for insurance, Big. Hmm. <laughs> I see. <laughs> right a large stone there. Just step in here, please. Okay. Days a burglar would have a hard time breaking through the, that door, wouldn't he? Yes, he would. Be much easier to come down through the ceiling. That's just plaster. <laughs> now then, uh, you want this stick pin appraised? That's the idea, Big. Just estimate it to the nearest five thousand bucks. 
That's near enough. Mm-hmm. Now, wait till I screw this glass in my eye. Mm-hmm. Now then, this won't take but a moment. Mm-hmm. This diamond was sent to us by a wealthy aunt. Mm-hmm. Hated to leave it around the house without it being insured. Mm-hmm. And we didn't like to... Didn't like to carry it around, either. Mm-hmm. Not that we couldn't get another one if we wanted it big. Mm-hmm. This man of ours has got all the dough in the world except a few bucks that are being spent on the war effort. Uh, <laughs> wonderful old girl, heart of gold. Mm-hmm. Are there any flaws in the diamond, Mr. Big Barney? Mm-hmm. There aren't, eh? Mm-hmm. My goodness, this suspense is killing me. How much would you say it was worth? Well, at a rough estimate, madam, I'd say there was about 40 cents worth of gold in the pen. Mm-hmm. And the diamond is strictly from the bottom of a beer bottle. What? It's an imitation? You mean it ain't a real diamond? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's Aunt Sarah for you. That penny-pinching, miserly old droop, she's got a tighter clutch than a ten-ton truck. What have I always said about her? She's the worst nickel-nibbling, tight-pocket old... <laughs> must have been a very trying time to our grandmothers in the days when kitchen floors got scrubbed once a week and please don't track up my floors was such a familiar request. How grateful those earlier housekeepers would have been for Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Imagine not having to worry about wet feet tracking across the linoleum or things spilled. If there's a protective shield of glow coat on the floor, you can relax because spilled things wipe up in a jiffy. And the actual linoleum surface is protected against moisture, dirt, and wear. The regular use of glow coat makes linoleum last six to ten times longer and, of course, keeps it bright and colorful all during its long life. And that's besides the major job of saving you work. Because it's self-polishing, glow coat needs no rubbing or buffing. Shines itself while it dries in 20 minutes to a colorful luster. Yes, our grandmothers would have been mighty happy about Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Ladies and gentlemen, there are millions of servicemen overseas who are awfully hungry for news. Just simple, gossipy news about you and home. Send them letters by V-mail, a lot of them, and often. V-mail flies overseas. V-mail doesn't clog up the vital supply lines. But most important of all, V-mail means faster and more frequent mail to our men and women overseas. And keep your letters cheerful. Yes, a guy with his feet in the mud, dodging high explosive and... Gnawing on emergency rations shouldn't be bothered with sisters' measles, late laundry, and family feuds. Write cheerfully, write often, write V-mail, right? Right. Good night. Good night, all. This is Marla Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. <laughs>